Let me tell you who's doing sneakers the best in the game right now. That's New Balance. The two-way V4, featuring this groundbreaking use of technology with fresh foam. It's called Fuel Cell, creating this combination that we love of rebound and cushioning. Fresh Foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort your entire game from start to finish. The upper construction features this lightweight textile that reduces weight, which we all need, I know I do, while remaining supportive and breathable. Hard to find that combo. The two-way V4 gives you the tools that you need to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way V4 at newbalance.com. Nah, 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 come on! On this episode of the Heat Check, it finally happened, folks. All the things that I predicted, step one of the domino has come true. Someone has to pay for the sins of those L.A. Lakers woes. Turns out the first head to roll, Frank Vogel. We get into that as well. We had to get into that. I didn't want to, but we had to get into that. And we also break down the playoff seedings and the play-in games, the first two. We'll do the rest on Wednesday. Playoffs are here, Brock, so drop that motherfucking beat. Shockingly a move that nobody could have ever seen coming is that Frank Vogel an NBA champion, the head coach, I mean the whipping post, of the L.A. Lakers has been, quote-unquote, relieved. This entire thing has been a mess. Uh, Just a goddamn mess. I keep trying to run away from this, not talk about it, but the news keeps coming out like like water out of a fire hose as fast and as furious to try to help a burning building. And there is no burning building engulfed in flames more than the purple and gold L.A. Lakers. And so an ocean of water needs to put out that fire, and so more news is just going to keep flooding out of that hose. Right at the buzzer, folks. Literally. Right when you, as you hear the buzzer, of the L.A. Lakers beating the Nuggets, who, for all intents and purposes, were trying to lose that game so that they could duck out of playing the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, literally, 82nd game. Austin Reeves moment, just exciting stuff for him. You know, Frank Vogel finally gets a win. Like, literally, right then. This is the bomb. This is the sound of the Woj bomb. Here it is, folks. Quote, Frank Vogel has coached his final game for the Lakers, a decision that's expected to be shared with him as soon as Monday. Sources tell ESPN, Lakers' search expected to be lengthy and expansive with no clear initial frontrunner pause. A decision expected to be shared with him as as soon as Monday? How about as soon as right fucking now? Excuse me, 
You just shared that decision with him before his players have even wiped the sweat off of their bodies. Before they could even turn the showers on. Also, then because of said tweet, Frank then has to answer questions about his inevitable firing. About said Woj bomb. And his response was, I haven't been told shit. Let's go to it. Let's find it. Frank, right at the end of the game, Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted that um, the Lakers are going to be firing you, a decision they'll let you know tomorrow. Have you communicated with the front office at all about your future? And I guess what's your reaction to, to hearing that? Um, and I'm going to enjoy tonight's game, celebrate what these young guys did in terms of uh, scratching, scratching the claw and getting, getting back in this game and getting a W. And, uh, you know, we'll deal with tomorrow tomorrow. Um, did, did that get back to you before you walked in this room? Yes. Did that affect? I'm going to enjoy tonight's game and what our guys did tonight and the way we finished out this season. I'm proud of our guys tonight. Any more questions for Coach? <laughs> so many questions for Coach is coming. And then, of course, the exit meetings that were scheduled for today, Frank Vogel mysteriously was left off that list. Huh. Huh. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. Even though Rob Polinka later on today said that they hadn't made the decision to fire Frank until just today. So the fact that he was off the, the exit interview list, the fact that Woj decided to put out this bomb, all of that is erroneous. This is just a decision we made right now. Charles Barkley... One of the men, the myths, the legends of the game had this to say about said Woj mom. Let's get to it. Well, Frank Vogel is getting screwed. He sure is. He's getting, because whoever put these old ass geezers together, they deserve the lion's share. Uh, they, they've scapegoated uh, Frank, obviously. And Pause. Ross that year. he was talking about Rob Plinka. Charles Barkley doesn't know who Rob Plinka is. That's okay, but that's him. They've scapegoated uh, Frank, obviously, and Russ all year. But this team, I told you from day one, I said, the only chance this team got a chance to be in competitive is Anthony Davis. And clearly he's not doing what he's supposed to do. But to blame Frank and Russ for putting this old-ass team together, I mean, I told you, ain't enough Icy Hot, Ben Gay, Absorbing Jr., WD-40. My grandmother used to put WD-40 on her knees and ankles to loosen them up. She, they should try that for them old-ass geezers. Only team in the league with an average age over 30. Oh, hey, and they're not over 30. They're not 31 either. They're 36, 37. <laughs> over right. 30. Way over 30. Average age over 30. Of course, GM Rob Palinka then had to speak up about these things today. We all wanted to know what he had to say about, I don't know, leaking information about firing his head coach, humiliating him as the buzzer goes off on game 82, revealing plans he has no need to reveal at this point in time. I don't know, even though he's had Frank Frank's head inside the hole of the guillotine pretty much from game one through 82, this is what he had to say. Let's get to it. Today's not going to be a, a day of like, 
finger pointing or unwinding all the specific reasons. We just felt organizationally at the highest level, it was time for a new voice. And um, those decisions are made at the very Pause. Why not? Today is the best day for that. I'd like to know who I should blame for this cacophony. At the highest level, it was time for a new voice. And um, those decisions are made at the very top level in a collaborative way um, by our basketball operations department and ultimately um, with Jeannie and, and Tim and the leaders of our organization. We just felt like it was time for a new voice. And that's not to... Um, say anything against the incredible accomplishments that Frank Vogel's had. He was a great coach here, and he's going to go on to be a great coach somewhere else. We just felt like it was time for a new leader, and that's why we made the decision today that we did. Does anybody else feel like they just need a shower after listening to that? He also went on to say, quote, I have tremendous respect for Frank. You've leaked out multiple times that you've wanted to fire him all season. That man you have tremendous respect for, you have a funny fucking way of showing it. He also said this, quote about the Woj bomb, of course, we don't respond to unsourced media reports. And in terms of the timing of our decision, I'm going to keep that internal quote. Hold on. Pause, pause, pause. You are the source. You are the source. You've been on Woj's podcast four times this year. We know, Rob, it was you. We know it was you. I personally know for a fact it was you. He also then goes on to say he is the one responsible for building the Lakers roster. So if it doesn't go well, we can blame him. Pause. We should blame you now then. The roster decisions ultimately rest on my shoulders. Says he will take ultimate accountability for how the roster is built. So that means you are the one that should be fired then. That means that you are the original sin of this whole thing. Anthony Irwin from Screen and Roll, a Lakers beat podcast network blog something, says this. This was the least cool slash calm slash collective Rob has looked in his position his entire time. Also, he's positioned himself as the person to hold accountable if things go don't go well from now on. Congratulations, Rob Palinka. You are the meat shield now, brother. <laughs> Snake! S- Snake! I can't fucking stand him. If For those who don't remember, this all kind of goes back. My hatred... And also confusion, because he was with Kobe a long time, and I'm like, how did Kobe stand being around this motherfucking guy? He didn't need him. He's Kobe Bryant. What does he need this snake around him for? Anyway, Magic Johnson, the Magic. Remember Magic was in in charge, uh, pretty much de facto in charge, while Rob had the title. Rob was waiting in the wings for Magic to step aside. They were basically the two dual-headed, like, people in charge so magic steps down nobody knows why Stephen a asks him why if you don't remember this interview let me refresh your memory let's let's just get to that because it's if you're wondering why this narrative continues to persist about him being a snake it starts because that was important uh for me to take the job as well she said you have the power to make the decisions so um i said okay let's go do it she said i'm gonna put you with rob palinka because i didn't know rob so she put us both together. Um, 
first year in was tremendous. I wanted the, the strategies to be, let's get up under the salary cap because we were way over the salary cap. And um, I said, let's trade some people, get some draft picks, so on and on. D'Angelo, you know, uh, great guard, but had a problem when uh, uh, Shaggy P and yes. the whole Nick, the whole thing went down. So I knew I had to get him out. We made some moves. That draft pick turned into Kyle Kuzma. So we felt good about making that deal. Drafted Lonzo Ball, number two. I know you're still against it, but yes. we, we can de debate that exactly. because I think he's outstanding uh, all-around point guard. Um, then uh, Josh Hart. So things got going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And then I start hearing, you know, Magic, you're not working hard enough. Magic's not in the office. So people around the Laker office was telling me Rob was saying things. and Rob Palenka. Uh, Rob Palenka. And I didn't like those things being said behind my back that I wasn't in the office enough and so on and on. Um, so I started getting calls from my friends outside of basketball saying those things now were said to them outside of basketball. Now, not just in the Laker office anymore. Mm -hmm. Now it's in the media and so on. And these are people you trust. Exactly. And people got to remember something. Being in this business for over 40 years, I got allies, I got friends everywhere, right? And so, and then I had to monitor the brothers because Joey and Jesse wanted more involvement, wanted more power. The bus brothers. The bus brothers. Right. And so, I said, I didn't mind doing that because they're good guys, but also I sat them down and said, hey, listen, I'm going to really help you guys mature and get better. And uh, so I took that role as well because they felt they should have been, you know, in powerful positions, whether that's the general manager or the president, right? And so um, then when those things start happening too much, Stephen A., the straw that broke the camel's back was I wanted to fire Luke Walton. And we had Max three meetings. Um, I showed her the things he did well and the things he didn't do well. And I said, listen, we got to get a better coach. I like him. He's great. Former Laker, the whole thing. So the first day, well, let's think about it. Second day, okay, you can fire him. Then the next day, no, we should try to work it out. So when we went back and forth like that, and then she brought Tim Harrison to the meeting, you know, some of the guys. And Tim, you know, wanted me, he wanted to keep him because he was friends with Luke. And Luke's a great guy, mm -hmm. great guy. He is. And so when I looked up and said, wait a minute, I only really answered to Jeannie Buss. Now I got Tim involved, and I said, it's time for me to go. I got things happening that was being said behind my back. I don't have the power that I thought I had to make the decisions. And I told them, when it's not fun for me, when I think that I don't have the decision-making power that I thought I had. <laughs> no, I just Rob. Just only Rob is the only snake. Good job, snake. It was 2019. We might have forgotten this. But then you continue. What do they do? What do snakes do? 
They continue to slither in the grass, behind the scenes, and then snipe with their venomous fucking fangs. And then all of a sudden, you're poisoned and dead. Off to the side, dead body, warm. That's where Frank Vogel is right now. While Rob Palinka is still wriggling around in the tall grass. Pretending to be innocent amongst all of the fucking drama. I cannot wait until they fire his ass. I cannot wait for more dysfunctional reporting to come out because you know it will. I mean, by the way, there's another side story. I don't even need to mention it because it's so ridiculous and not relevant to this story. Which is like Lakers in the middle of the season were texting on the bench. In the middle of games. Like Lakers in their uniforms... Let me just back that up. Just set the stage. Imagine Lakers in their uniforms during the game, sweat still on their face, waiting to be subbed back in, are just texting, just fucking on TikTok and Instagram. What? Delicious. Wednesday, because we're not going to get into all of this now, because we have playoffs and everything, to, but we will. There's now new surfaced reports about who is going to take the Lakers' job or who's in the running uh, one is Doc Rivers, two is Nick Nurse, three is Quinn Snyder. We will break all of that down Wednesday because this is just Frank's body still warm. He literally the reports of who would take his job before he was actually told he was fired. Just fucking disgusting things that you cannot. You cannot relish in because you just hate to see them. You just hate things we see on the screen. all of these from the hood, so these dreams not far. Where I'm from, the dope boys is the rock stars, but they can't cop cars without seeing cop cars. I guess they want us all behind bars. I know it, uh, and I heard them say nothing's ever promised. I miss the old Kanye. I do. I really do. I miss the graduation Kanye. I do. A regular season has ended. We finally know who's playing who. Sort of. We finally know who's playing who three through six, east and west. Number one in heat and number uh, and sons. Not wait. That doesn't make sense. Number number one heat and sons, east and west. Number two Celtics and Grizzlies will have to wait the results of the play in tournament. But let's get into it and then preview Tuesday's playing game. Number three, Bucks versus Bulls. I mean, this could not be the be- better situation for the Bucks. At best, gentlemen sweep. Just a delicious matchup. The Bulls have. I'm going to do this whole thing like how the Bulls can win. Don't even listen to it. Because <laughs> it's just not even relevant to you. Honestly, if you have time, if you have like a short amount of time to listen to this podcast, just don't listen to that part. The easiest money that you can make is a sweep at plus 300. 4 0, that's a betting angle, plus 300, 3 to 1 for the Bulls to be sweeped. The Bulls have no ability to defend Giannis. And if they triple team Giannis, now Brooke Lopez is back and he will eat them in the post, eat him in the corner threes. It's going to be a nightmare for the Bulls. Patrick Williams, not good enough. And honestly, Vucevic, we, are, we already know. Vucevic is going to be. Absolutely burnt barbecue chicken. 
Drew and DeMar are going to be a very fun matchup, but do not think DeRozan is going to be able to go off for 40 a game against playoff Drew Holiday. Middleton on Levine, Connaughton on Caruso. It is going to be absolutely disgusting. I think it's going to be a blowout. The Bulls could have competed, I think, against Boston without Time Lord. Because he's he's the real interior threat that sort of makes things difficult for a team as bad in the paint as the Bulls are. But this is a quick death. This is literally grab you by behind you and slit your throat. Like, that's it. I would be surprised, very surprised, if the Bulls got one game. How do the, win, how do the Bucks win? Just give the ball to Giannis a million times. Let him go to the rim. Let him go to the line. Just give it to the ball. Give, give it every time. Every single time. And then... Let Giannis pass out of the double or triple team. There's no answer. No answer. Here's how I think the Bulls can win. They only stand a chance if DeRozan and Levine literally become gods. (laughs) They both need 40 a night. Alex Crusoe needs 20 a night. We need Kobe White to be on an absolute heat check off the bench. We need Patrick Williams to be like, Charles Oakley. We need Vooch to be uh, in the locker room. We need... I don't know, fam. It's not going to be easy. Let's just say it. Bucks and four. Bucks and four. And I hate to say it because, you know, I've been an absolute hater of the Bucks, but this is going to be light work. All right. Four. Number four, 76ers versus the five Raptors. Yes. Yes. Thank the Lord. As uh, Charlie Brown would say, Christ the Lord is born. This is it for me, folks. This is it. My favorite matchup of the Eastern Conference first round. I love it just so much. This is a situation where you have an entire team of men that are long, like 6'7", with like 7 feet wingspans, where they could literally just build a crazy wall, and they're just... You, and then they could all slash to the rim. Pascal, Gary Trent, Scotty Barnes, all of them. And I wonder who's going to stop them. How? Because the number one perimeter defender isn't vaccinated. So most of the, like half of those games, three out of the seven of those games, he's not going to be able to play. He's not going to be able to travel with the team at all. How? Like Danny Green? I've seen a lot of footage of Danny Green getting cooked by Scotty Barnes. Corkmaz? I mean, he's going to be backpedaling and falling on his feet. Like, he's, it's bad. Nang? Tobias? It's not a good matchup for the Sixers. This might be the single worst matchup for the Sixers that they could possibly have. Even, even Boston with Time Lord, I think, is probably a better matchup because they don't have to worry about Matisse Thibel not being able to play games. This is nightmare fuel. The Raptors, let's go into it. The Raptors have the seventh best defensive rating of the season, and that was including a time where they were 20th. So that he's they're top five in the last half of the year defensively. They're number two in the NBA in steals. Bad news. Raptors have the sixth best defensive efficiency on the road this year. They've played 72 road games last year, half in Tampa Bay. So they know what's up. They're very comfortable playing in other people's stadiums. They're very comfortable being booed 
at home. And then a lot of games this year at home, they had no fans. They are built for this. The Raptors, 3-1 and one against the Sixers this year. Philly's only win was when Scotty Barnes, Fred Van Fleet, OG Ananobi, and Precious Achuya didn't play. And it was a five-point game. So here's how the Raptors win this game. One, number one, we've said this before, disrupt Joel Embiid emotionally. Get in his head. Make him play with his mind out of it. Make him play, like, like turn him into, like, Danny from Iron Fist, where he literally all he does is react from his emotions, right? Like, Nick Nurse knows how to do that. You needle him. You say mean things to him. Hey, we made you cry last time. Remember that Kawhi shot? You just literally just get into his dome piece. You find out a way to make him frustrated, frustrated early. And then it'll just be a a gift that keeps on giving through the course of that series. Make James Harden be athletic. Make James Harden be MVP James Harden. We'll see. We'll see if you can do it. Make Tobias Harris and Nang and Danny Green and Corkmoss all shoot threes. They're not going to be able to do it. How? Who's stepping up? Who are you going to get at 27 from Nang on a night-to-night basis? No. You are not. Raptors, like I've said, bad, bad matchup. Here's how the Sixers win. You're going to need to steal a game in Toronto. Somehow. And Bede's going to need to score 60. (laughs) He's going to need to do it on his own. Tobias can't dribble the ball at all. He has to shoot every single catch-and-shoot shot he gets. Like, do not step in. Like, do when you get the ball in the corner of the three-point line, do not take two dribbles and shoot a mid-range that you will ultimately miss off the back of the rim. Like, do not do that. Like, Danny Green is going to need to be vintage Toronto Danny Green. Cork Moss needs to be 2020 Cork Moss, not 2022 Cork Moss. I don't know if it's possible. They need a backup center, and they need another three-point shooter like Seth Curry and Andre Drummond. Like, honestly, I think this team is better against Toronto if they didn't trade Ben Simmons and he was still on the roster and he still had Seth and Andre. Like, I really, really do. Prediction, 4-2 Raptors, which would be a massive, massive upset. All right, number three, Western Conference we go. Warriors versus Nuggets. Man, this is a bad situation for the Warriors. You know it's bad when a team tanks to play you. The Nuggets lost on purpose to the Lakers so that they could play the Warriors. They booted a game so they could play the Warriors. They are not afraid of you. They are itching to play you. These Warriors are 1-3 and three against Denver this year. Draymond did not play in any of those games. That is meaningful. But... Also, Steph probably won't play in game one or two in Golden State. So if you drop one or two games against Denver without Steph, which it presumably would be very difficult for them to win without Steph Curry, who is their main scorer, who is their main creator, who is their main, who's the, he's the hub of the wheel. So obviously it's going to be tough. Even if he plays, he's going to be coming in cold game three. 
Denver is a sleeper team. I don't know how Draymond guards Jokic. It's going to be a tough matchup for him. Andre Iguodala is going to need to be vintage MVP of the finals. I don't know how that happens. Jordan Poole is going to need to be beginning of the season, Jordan Poole. And Clay's going to need to be game five, game six, Clay, all seven games. We're going to need to see just miraculous. Gary Payton, two, the, the second, we're going to need to see him come out and ball. Regardless, this is going to be a hell of a series. Here's the how the Warriors win more, more so. Stifling defense. Be who you were the first 20 games. Great two-man game with Steph and Dre whenever you get Steph back. Clay has to be himself. Everything needs to be team game. Nuggets win by copying the Memphis Grizzlies. Whenever you see Steph come back, blitz him. Make him play on that ankle, that hobble ankle. Make him pass out of that blitz and force Andrew Wiggins to be playoff Andrew Wiggins, which we know <laughs> who he is. It is a bad matchup. Seven-game series. I think the Nuggets can win, but I can't really give a prediction prediction because I have no idea what's happening with Steph. Mavericks versus the Jazz. Four versus five. Luka. Calf strain. How serious is it? I don't actually know. He is a robot, so I feel like he will be back. It's a seriously different series if he's not. If he's healthy, if this is just a minor tweak, it's night-night sleep mask for the Jazz. Like, this is just, I say it once, I'll say it again. If I say it once, I'll say it a million times. The Jazz are frauds. Like, they are. This is headed for a, an explosion. It's a, a teardown and a rebirth because Donovan's gone. Donovan doesn't even want to pass to Rudy Gobert ever. Like, Donovan doesn't like it in Utah because there's too many racist white people. <laughs> I mean, does it, Dwayne Wade's not going to cover that up. Like, Dwayne Wade ownership and Danny Ainge isn't going to change a damn thing. Like, the fans are the fans. The city is the city. He wants to go back to New York. They are not built for a seven-game series against the Mavericks. The Mavericks now have Spencer Dinwiddie and Jalen Brunson, who they already had. Both those guys are averaging, like, 17 points. Luke is averaging 30. I mean, you've got multiple guys at different positions who can mess you up. Dwight Powell is legit. It's just, it's a gauntlet. It's not good. And on top of that, like I said, Donovan Mitchell, great player. He can disappear for stretches, go ice cold. Mike Conley, never know when he's going to even be healthy or if he's going to be productive. Rudy Gobert, great defender. But this team on the perimeter can't defend a goddamn person. So it's going to be very difficult for them to stop uh, Reggie Bullock on the three. Like, they've got a bunch of guys who can knock down shots in the perimeter, and I don't know how they're going to stop it. This is just... Just a bad, bad matchup for the Jazz. And for the Mavs, they're a dangerous team. If you, if Lucas stays healthy, I think that they could go maybe another round or two. I don't think they're a five. I don't know. It's hard to say. They've, they've won 75% of their games for three straight months. They play 10 players a game. I don't know. I don't know how they beat Memphis, but... But I don't know. I don't know. Here's how the Jazz can win, which they will not win. Luka doesn't play. <laughs> Luka doesn't play. Spider goes off. That's it. Bogdanovich shoots like seven for nine from three. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Mike Conley shoots ten threes. 
Rudy Gobert gets the ball because Donovan Mitchell's not in? I don't know. I honestly don't think it's possible. Prediction, Mavs win in five. Play-in game real quick. Nets versus the Cavs. The Cavs are extremely hobbled. Evan Mobley was hurt late. Uh, Cleveland's one and four in Mobley's absence. Uh, they're three and seven in their last ten. Eight and sixteen since February twelfth. Jared Allen's hurt. Evan Mobley's hurt. Obviously, Rubio's out for the year. Colin Sexton's out for the year. Darius Garland has been in and out of the lineup. Kevin Love is the best thing that they have right now. Like that is saying a lot. That is saying a lot. He's like sixth man of the year. I think he had thirty five in their last game. Like it's just one of those things. Only one could wonder who this team would be if everyone was healthy. They're probably going to lose this play-in game by 10. In Brooklyn, nice story. Hope they get everybody healthy back. Obviously, Rubio's gone now. But, my Lord, this is not going to be an easy, easy game at all. I give it to the Nets. Nets end up playing Boston, and, oh, boy, will that be fun. Uh, Timberwolves versus Clippers. That game is tomorrow, uh, Tuesday. Timberwolves versus Clippers, Pat Bev revenge game. Except for no Pat Bev because Pat Bev was ejected and suspended for a game in a meaningless game against Chicago for doing what? Pat Bev things. So, I don't know. Clips are finally healthy, sort of. Paul George and Norm Powell will play. All their guys who have been bench players have been playing legit starter minutes for the entire year because Paul George, Kawhi, and Norm Powell have been out. So that's interesting. Minnesota is more athletic, younger, deeper, but do not count L.A. out. In fact, I kind of give the edge to L.A. because of Ty Lue and his ability to coach through adversity. Chris Finch, no shade to him at all. But this is a very young team that's never been there before. Outside of D'Angelo Russell, they've never been to the playoffs. And I guess Pat Beverly, but he's not playing. Prediction, Lake, uh, Clippers take the seven seed only to get bounced from the Grizz in the first round unless Kawhi somehow comes back. That is all the time that we have for the heat check. Uh, we will be back. I thought there was more previews to come, but we will be back Wednesday to give you those previews. Uh, we will preview number one and number two series uh, seeds. No, we will preview the two and sevens and give you the play-ins on Wednesday. Follow the heat check to find and prepare you more for the playoffs. We also have, I believe, a special interview coming this week on some draft stuff. So do not forget to tune into that, lock in for that. Do not forget to download, subscribe, tell your friends. Follow us at Heat Check and Trista Crick on TikTok. We will see you Wednesday. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 